With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. joyous episode of the Pinstrip Valley podcast for 2021. Huzzah. I'm Andrew Burns, joined by Kunj. How are you? I'm alive, so I'm doing better than the Yankees offense. Yes, yes, that is <laughs> that is accurate. That's that is a true fact. We're just going to go right into it. So I should throw it up right here up at the top. This episode is going to have an explicit tag on it. We don't normally do episodes with as much outright cursing, but this recent play of the Yankees sort of mandates it. So don't listen with your kids unless you want to. I don't know. I don't control your life. Anyway, Yankees offense is really <laughs> fucking sucked. <laughs> you got swept by the Detroit Tigers in the year 2021. What do you think about that, Yankees? How do you feel? <laughs> yeah, uh, and they scored like four runs or five runs in those games total. Yeah, like if they had like shown sides of life and just shit just happened, that'd be one thing. But you score four runs against the Detroit Tigers in that I mentioned it's 2021 in that in that year this year, you should be embarrassed. Yeah, and I know that like Mize and Scooble are good prospects who are probably going to be good pitchers one day. But no, the 2021 New York Yankees cannot be doing this, especially since it's a trend of the entire season on the offense doing nothing. Their asses were bailed out the last time that we recorded because we, you know, had some good vibes because the pitching had been absolutely dominant. Starting pitching had basically not allowed a run in the previous week. So that's a good way to win games. But no, most of the time you're starting pitching and your pitching in general is not going to do that. And they've still been fine, but the offense has just done absolutely nothing. And they've only won one game the last week. It's just been a complete and utter shit show. Like, yeah, they came close to winning that first game and then Justin Wilson happened. And yeah, you can argue about whether or not they should have used Chapman for two innings or any of that, but whatever. At the end of the day, it shouldn't have fucking come down to that. No, it shouldn't have come to the 10th inning. They had to do better than one run in nine innings against the Detroit Tigers. And like, yeah, you mentioned like Mize and whatever, like they're good prospects and, you know, they're decent pitchers and whatever, fine. You still face their bullpen. It's like it's not like they, yeah, they didn't pitch complete games. Game. You still face the Tigers' bullpen and came away with fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, they gifted them a run in the 10th inning of that first game, but that was it. Then nothing else really. And I guess they sort of made it kind of interesting late, very late on Sunday with the bases loaded and judge of the plate. But again, you got to do much better than two runs. You got to Yeah. It's just like, what the hell? Like, you can't keep letting yourself come down to these one one bat situations. Like, oh man, if judges ran into one there, it would have been fine. We would have won. Like, okay, fine. But like, that's fine if you're doing that every once in a while and you're maybe facing a better team, like facing the Rays or the Red Sox or whatever. You're facing the fucking Tigers. I'm sorry. They went yeah. into the season saying, hey, we're going to be bad. And you know what? They've been bad. Yeah. Under normal circumstances, a loss like the most recent game as of our recording, which is uh, Monday uh, against the Rays when they lost three to one to Rich Hill, which, you know, I guess losing to Rich Hill in 2021 is also not great. But Rich Hill can be an annoying, crafty lefty and will just do that sometimes. And again, grand scheme of things, losing three to one to the Rays at home. okay, whatever. But it's more problematic when it's part of this trend. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like, you know, last week, you know, we were coming up with good vibes with the good pitching and all that. Yeah, they'd won games or whatever. And I just read about this. It came out today as we're recording or yesterday as you guys are listening about how the Yankees don't deserve to be winning games. Like They have not really played well. Like, they've just been bailed out or got, gotten into some lucky situations and whatever. But their record is a lot better than they've played. And maybe this sweep by the Tigers is a sign of things to come. Like as far as like maybe they need to blow everything up. I don't know what it is, but something needs to change. You can't just keep doing this till uh, September. <laughs> No, it's like the definition of madness, repeating the same thing over and over and over again. These guys are not getting the job done. Right. And this was the 30th game that the team scored three runs or fewer. In every single like offensive category, they're down there with like the Orioles, the Tigers, the Pirates and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden their record is just like somehow they're four games above 500 as of right now. We're recording this before Tuesday's game. So cool. I just, it's bad. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> what else can be said other than, like, you can't just keep running the same lineup out there and acting like everything's hunky-dory. And I know that, like, internally, I'm sure they're pissed, but we've yet to really see the front office properly react to it, really, because this is no longer just, like, a slump, you know? This has been going on for two months. Right. And the only solutions that have been yeah. offered have been, like, Rugno Dodor, releasing Jay Bruce, giving Mike Ford too many at-bats. <laughs> That's not it. That ain't it. Yeah, like, and the thing is, like, there's a part of me that's, like, I don't want to say sympathetic to the the front office, because, like, fuck them. <laughs> there's a part of me that kind of gets, like, the, you know, you're not going to do anything major because you have this lineup that's supposed to be talented. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks, months now, how the offense is going to carry them. They're going to go as far as the offense is concerned. And it's the offense that's just not living up to their potential. I mean... It'd be one thing if it was just like one or two guys like that are struggling and the rest of them are hitting fine. It's just kind of been like just unlucky. But when collectively as a whole, like your lineup includes John Carlos Stanton, DJ LeMayhew, Glaber Torres, Aaron Judge, oh, Luke Voigt's hurt right now, but whatever. You shouldn't be like, oh my God, Luke Voigt's hurt. We're screwed because that's what we talked about before. Like one injury shouldn't be hampering the Yankees. And if it does, that just means something's gone significantly wrong. And I think that's just where we are. Something's gone significantly wrong. I don't know if this is the right thing to do or not, but I feel like you have to, at least internally, they might have to start considering whether or not Marcus Timms is the problem. Like, I don't know. I, I've never been one to like, oh, fire the hitting coach right away in midseason. That's going to change everything. I don't think it's the right answer. I don't know that it is, but it's definitely a conversation worth having, I think, at this point. 
when again it's like the offense as a whole as a collective that's just not doing anything yeah and well the worst part is you look at all the the young hitters who have been taking steps backward in the past few years like glaber torres is the chief example of that his power has pretty much gone since 2018 and 19 it's not entirely shocking because it didn't seem like you'd be able to sustain like 30 homer power for like his entire career you'd expect to step down to maybe like 15 to 20 homer power not just like contact hitter who is just that's that's not good enough. <laughs> and then you see how Clint Frazier has now been worse for longer in 2021 than he was good in 2020. And so you're not getting anything there either. Gary Sanchez is his own bag of worms. Like he's been good recently, but on the season and in the past couple of years has also been taking steps back. It's, it's just a trend at this point. And you wonder how much of that is on Tim's. And I know that I agree with you. I don't think that replace Tim's with, a, I don't know, some random dude in the organization and that will fix everything because it probably won't. But at some point, it's a question of accountability. So if, exactly. something, if he were to lose his job over this, it's not exactly they could be like, oh, what did he do? Right. And the Yankees are like, they're a smart organization, right? So whatever Tim's is doing, working with these guys, whatever he's preaching, it's not just him alone running with it. It's not like he's a director for the new Star Wars movies where there's just no oversight or overlook. He's working on an organizational philosophy. You know, obviously Cashman knows what he wants out of his guys. You know, they're all working together on this. He's working with Boone. So it's not just like, oh, what the hell is Marcus Tim's doing? Oh, yeah, he needs to be out. Like, he probably will just, if they were to go that route, right? He probably would just end up being like a scapegoat for like a much larger problem. But like you said, just someone needs to be held accountable for whatever that is. And that's where they need to go. Yeah, the buck stops in this case at the hitting coach. And you can make a case yeah. for, or whatever, for Aaron Boone. But like, no, that's definitely not happening. I mean, we just, it's, some fans might want it, but it's honestly just not even worth discussing because they're not going to do that because they like Boone too much. And basically, Cashman has decided like Boone is his guy. And that may change after the season, depending on how it goes. Who knows? But not certainly enough, not enough that Cashman's going to make a change midseason. One of these, no, something that sure. a lot of people aren't really considering either is that like the Yankees just don't make midseason moves. And part of that is because they they've usually been so good. They haven't even made a midseason coaching change since 1995. And that was like before Cashman was general manager. But in this case, a coaching change might be something that's in the offing. I don't see a manager change in the offing. No, for sure. And like you mentioned, like Aaron Boone's his guy right now. Like, and again, I don't think Boone is the problem. He's also, really, you know, just no. kind of working with, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't even think, I don't even know that Marcus Timms is the problem, to be honest. These guys need to just do better and deliver because, you know, they're way too talented to keep doing what they're doing. It's just, yeah. DJ LeMahieu in particular, too. That one's extremely troubling just based yeah. on how many grounders he's hitting. Josh had picked up in spring training that he had been hitting a lot of grounders. And it's like, oh, hopefully this isn't this is just like weird spring training funk thing. Unfortunately, that's been the trend so far for most of the first two months is that DJ right. can't stop hitting the ball into the ground. His launch angle's bad. He's not hitting the ball up, which is where he like he ended up getting a lot of extra base hits the past two seasons. And I know we're not working with the same ball exactly, but you don't expect because based on like just launch angle differences, you don't expect change to be that dramatic and exactly I'll, that's exactly what i was going to bring up is just yeah you're working with a quote-unquote dejuice ball but there's only so much you can just blame on the ball like at the end of the day they weren't they weren't working with the dejuice ball for their whole life they still got here by some point right yeah like, it's not like they're just this is the first time they've ever playing like they've only ever played with the juice ball and all of a sudden dejuice and like they don't know what the hell to do with it no you've had other baseballs before that were probably not as juiced as you're used to but you made it to the bigs for a reason fucking do that <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's that same sort of adage that we sort of roll our eyes at when opponents complain about, oh, well, it's so easy to hit homers at Yankee Stadium, whatever. This is literally a home run. It's like, well, the Yankees don't move the fences in when they're at bat. The opponents yeah. and hitters get to bat with those same dimensions as well. And in the same way, the Yankees are using the same baseball that people are using. And I know offense is down throughout the league, but other teams are getting the job done and the Yankees are having scoring problems akin to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, you know, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. It just comes down to like making the adjustments, you know, whether it's they're being too passive with fastballs or whatever. Like you can pick up little different issues here and there, like just pick up on different things. But then today, philosophically, I feel like something just needs to change or something needs to happen. They need to figure it out if they wanted to live up to their expectations. I mean, this is a team that everyone from the heavy consensus was that they'd be the favorites in the American League to be in the World Series, not necessarily win it, but at least be there. <laughs> Right. And I think that's what's making this stretch feel even worse than other bad stretches in the past, too. Like, Yankees played some pretty crappy baseball in like 2013, 14, 16, early this year, even. But those teams before this year didn't have the expectations that this team had. And also, when they were struggling early this year, they got off out of the gate, they weren't good. It happens to teams sometimes, you know, look at the 2019 Nationals. Everyone remembers that example. Once they started playing better, it seemed like they had turned a corner and it's like, okay, well now they'll get on a little run. Maybe they'll hit a bump here and there, but this has now been an extended bump for the offense where they've never really woken up so far in 2021. The pitching is what carried them to their good record in May. And now it feels like they're backsliding again. And it's really troubling right now, in particular with Tampa and Boston playing so well, because the Yankees might just not be able to keep up. Yeah. And like, you know, we're talking about like whether or not this team is going to represent the American League in the World Series. I'm not even sure if they if they keep up this, like with the way they're playing and Tampa and Boston keep up what they're doing. There's no guarantee they're even making it to freaking postseason baseball. <laughs> Like, right. Obviously, I still think that they will end up making the playoffs. I'm not I'm not burning down the ship just yet. I do think that they will end up making the playoffs and whatever. It just if they keep this up, they probably won't. Yeah. And like, if, even if they do, it might be like a wild card game situation where you might have to win a game in the trop or in Fenway. Right. And I, it's not really something that I have a lot of confidence in this team doing. Obviously, still got a ton of time until we're even necessarily thinking of potential possible matchups and if this team is even like hanging in the wildcard hunt i imagine they probably will but it's symptomatic of major problems with the team and the hitting right now they need some sort of big bat to like help them out a little bit more that to actually get something going in this offense because right now it's like Aaron Judge and whoever happens to be hot at the moment, whether right. it's like sometimes it's been Giancarlo, sometimes it's Gary, sometimes it was in Urshela. Never times has it been Clint who has been ice cold the entire season. Yeah. <laughs> Brett Gardner looks like he's washed. So, who oh boy. Yeah. I, I, I mailed him his retirement papers the other day. I hope he got it. <laughs> mm. I think they got lost in the mail since I, I don't think he's uh, young enough to even use the postal service. <laughs> you have to send him a telegram. Yeah, there you go. Just knock on the door. Oh, excuse me, is there a Brett Gardner here? And then he just starts banging his bat. Anyway. He's probably doing a weird. lot of uh, <laughs> bat banging this year. <laughs> Go bad for the dugout roof. Yeah, Brett Gardner, who still, by the way, has not homered at all. <laughs> hey, come on, guy. Even Glaber Torres has homered this year. Yeah, Twice. Billy Hamilton <laughs> has hit two home runs. <laughs> sure. Hey. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
the sad thing is that like, you know, we've been ranting for a while and we've barely even talked about how they lost two out of three to Toronto. And that's just continued their trend of bad play against the Blue Jays this year. And based on that, if the Blue Jays play well enough, the Yankees might not even be in this wild card mix as you talked about. Right. They seem to have the Yankees number. Yeah, and, and this has been like it's just weird where like the Yankees will go in and like the, the weird thing, the funny thing about that Blue Jays thing is like we I think you and I are like, you know, we mentioned it in our Slack or something where it just feels like a trap in the sense that Yankees are riding in on a six game win streak and the Blue Jays are riding in on a six game lose streak. Mm-hmm. So you, you just kind of saw it coming, especially with, you know, the troubles they've had. I feel like not just this year, like recently with Toronto. And it's funny because like when we when the Yankees play Toronto, they just seem like look like such a different team than when they play the rest of the league. And it's like, wait a second, you, how are you not like winning the division or like making the playoffs? Because when you play the Yankees, you're doing a lot better. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, too, because the Blue Jays have really not played all that well this year, except against the Yankees. And they've turned it on in those situations. And that's helped them stay around the 500 level. And that's really all they need to do right now their pitching is extremely suspect uh, as of for you but it's doing the job against the yankees and from june onward they're going to be doing their home games in buffalo for the time being and of course buffalo the yankees just got blown out of the water seemingly every other contest last year yeah i'm not looking forward to having them go there and then you know some nonsense on what the hell's happening over there but ultimately yankees just do better yeah and then we saw this, this week is going to be a fun week. So I'm expecting another angry podcast next week when we, have, we finish up the Rays series and then have to do, deal with the Red Sox. Oof. Yeah, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? It's like catching the Yankees at the exact wrong time. And it feels like if there is going to be a time for serious change, it might only happen if they do poorly in this stretch. And obviously we're going to root for them to not suck because we're not shitty fans, but... Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not here like, oh my God, I want Marcus Sims to get fired. Like, I don't no. want the guy to lose his job. I just, if, if they continue to be shitty and he's not doing much to help them, that might be an option. I'm not even saying, again, okay, I'm going to say this 15,000 more times. I don't know that that's the answer. It just seems like one of many possible solutions. And it's another thing where it might not even necessarily be that tims is bad at his job now it just might be you know time for a new voice because he has been in that yankees clubhouse now for several years dating back to joe girardi's days too and the yankees moved on from girardi ostensibly just because they felt like it was time for a new voice so maybe it's a similar thing except just with the hitting category yeah exactly and like one big evidence there is uh larry Larry rothschild everyone was tired of him as as a yankees pitching coach i mean i myself was even like my god larry got larry's got to go at some point i got myself to even that state and, you know, he's the Padres pitching coach right now. And the Padres are doing pretty well. So it's just like, you know, every once in a while, you do need that change of scenery or, you know, just a new voice. And Larry can go on to San Diego and help their rotation out. So, you know, there's probably some frustration like, oh, why couldn't he do that in New York? But it's just like, that's just not how things work. In the beginning, I never really had an issue with Larry. And then I thought, you know, he was doing his fine job or whatever. And then it's just one of those things where at a certain point, you just start entertaining the idea. Maybe everyone here can use a change of scenery. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> Yankees. What do you I don't doing? like them. No. I don't like them. <laughs> well, something else we need to talk about, too, is how one of the things that was so dispiriting about the past week, the news about the injuries, because basically in, in one 24-hour span, the Yankees lost both Corey Kluber and Luke Voigt for quite some time. Yeah. I feel bad for both, obviously. It was weird because like Luke Voigt's like, I think he announced or somebody announced that like, he was going to be going on the paternity list or whatever. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, he, he he came out and said it. And then like the next day I saw, I got the update that the Yankees moved uh, Luke Voigt to the IL or whatever. And I was like, 
that seems like a weird typo. And then it's like, oh, no, no, no. He's just actually gone. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And adding to the hitting list, too, you know, Luke Voigt came back to finally start a season in early May. Never really got going. And then or promptly went back on the IL with an oblique strain. So yeah, it seems like he's going to be gone for at least a month, maybe a little bit more, too. That's very unclear, which means a lot more Mike Ford, which means a lot more Andrew Mearns headaches. Yeah. Note, Mike Ford was optioned after Tuesday night's game. So maybe fewer headaches are in the future. They probably should just give Chris Gittens a shot. I don't think he's going to be like a hero or anything, but you can't just keep playing Mike Ford either. So Yeah, like, I'm just tired of Mike Ford's face at this so point. Bad. He's so bad. Say you DFA Ford, you try Gittens. Gittens doesn't really do that well. You're only out Mike Ford. It's fine. Yeah, you're not really losing much. And obviously, like, the thing is, like, as much as we all want to see, like, a big trade or whatever coming, I don't see that happening. No, not yet. I, it's too, I, it's too I, I early. See, yeah, it's definitely way too early right now. We're, it's just June's just starting. But even in general, like, I don't know. I mean, the Yankees do seem very hell-bent on their luxury tax thing, so it's just a matter of what they can work out in that regard. Yeah. One of the reasons I say too early as well is because, like, I mean, it might make sense, obviously, for the Yankees to, like, make a change, but it takes two to tango. And- not a lot of teams are going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll just sell stuff right now at the yeah. beginning of June. Yeah, like, why, why do it now when you could wait a, wait a few weeks, wait a month or so, and then get, like, better value for what you're selling? Yeah. Unless the Yankees just, like, offering something stupid that they, they just couldn't say no to, which I just don't see the Yankees doing. Yeah, so right now, the only changes that we can really encourage are these smaller incremental changes, which is maybe, like, uh, giving Gittens a shot, giving Floreal more of an extended look once uh, Gardner is uh, sent to the farm upstate. <laughs> But even that, Floreal's barely Is there a lot of played. room for Gardner to run around? Yeah. <laughs> but even that, Floreal's barely played above double A, so you might be exposing him too soon, too. So it's it's not a situation where you're probably going to find, at least in the short term, a big bat to restore the offense. These guys have got to do it themselves. Yeah. Well, I'm going to repeat again. They should be able to handle, like, an injury or so. It's like the Luke Voigt injury, yeah, it sucks. And, like, you – they should be able to withstand, like, as annoying as it is to see Mike Ford play, they should be able to deal with, the, you know, batting him more than he, he needs to be. But, yeah. 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 And, yeah, you, you could give Chris Gittins a shot. It may work out. It may not. Who, like, who cares? You're losing Mike Ford. Nobody cares. <laughs> Mike Ford's like, oh, I care. I don't care if you care. Nobody cares. Owned. Take that, Owned. Mike Ford. Ha! Huh, who is definitely listening. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, Corey Kluber, that news just sucks. Like, uh, he yeah. just, he finally seemed to be Corey Kluber again. And we talked about how, like, oh, crap, we were hoping that he'd be good. We didn't expect to see Cleveland Day's Corey Kluber back. And we were starting to see that. And then he's obviously hurt, and that sucks. I know he's supposed to have gone for or was going for a second and third opinion on his shoulder. Did anything come of that? I've been... I haven't seen anything personally. I don't think so. I think it was more just, like, checking in on some things, too, to, like, clarify... Yeah. The injury further i think they're still just assuming he's out for two months and we'll right. see hopefully see at the all-star break or something like that yeah like the only thing i had made up in my own personal headcanon was just that, like maybe he just feels completely fine because remember when uh, that day even he was just like oh no i just had trouble getting loose and you know i don't feel anything like i did that day so i was like well, maybe it's not as bad but i'm yeah. not obviously putting any money on that i'm expecting them to have gotten it right or whatever yeah, no, it seems like their Yankees are just going to be out a number two starter for quite a while, which is unfortunate. 
I mean, we do have to give kudos to the pitching staff and we bashed Marcus Timms a lot, but Matt Blake seems to have done some really good stuff with this team that a lot of people did not see coming. The pitchers have been on the whole quite good. Like obviously Garrett Cole has been the ace, but you know, they've gotten some pretty representative performances out of Jordan Montgomery and Domingo Herman and Tyone's you know, been up and down, but has posted good strikeout rates. And the pitching has kept this team in these games, especially in the past week. And the bullpen has been really good outside of like Justin Wilson and like Nestor Cortez's hot second cameo. Yeah. And like, okay, who cares? Nestor Cortez gave up runs. Oh, congratulations. Oh, what did you expect? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the like, only yeah. problem with the Kluber injury in, in terms of the rotation is that that means that the fifth starter spot is basically a, a shrug emoji because um, they might call up a Debbie Garcia to make a spot start, but he's his controls all out of whack. There are really aren't many other pitching options to take these roles. It's like Michael King was only in there for a little bit against the Tigers and he got knocked around. So the Yankees are going to be helped hey. out a little bit by off days in the coming weeks, just because the way the schedule lines up, they might be able to skip the fifth spot here and there, but they're going to have to figure something out in the meantime. That's former number two on the baseball reference top 12 of Yankees 2021 war, Michael King. Just want, just want yeah. to point that out. Oh, that was, was unfortunately good run, wasn't no, it? Not, 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 not on the top 12 anymore, as you know, we expected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, the rotation is going to be interesting to see what they end up doing with it, obviously, because Kluber started to turn it around. Garrett Cole's been Garrett Cole. Domingo Armand's been decent for the most part. I, I, since his demotion, really, honestly, he's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, Montgomery's been, uh, you know, solid. Yeah, he's had a couple clunkers here and there, but like, you know, that's kind of to be expected. He's not going to go out and be Montgomery versus the White Sox every time in, uh, in and out, but he's had his performances like he did against the White Sox and the Rays, and those were very good. So, you, you know, you're happy about that. Even the Memorial Day, I think, Tyon started yesterday, right? On Monday? Yes. My, yeah, Tyon yeah, started yesterday. Like, yeah. So, like, he let up, what, three runs in five innings? Like, okay, that's not terrible to the Rays. Yeah, I mean, it's need to score more. You'd like him to do a little bit more. And he put the bullpen in a bad situation where uh, Licky needed to bail him out a little bit. And kudos to Licky again for stepping up as a big Yankees lefty in the bullpen. That's been big with um, Wilson being crap and injured now. And also Darren O'Day just being out. Darren O'Day's not a lefty, but just for that point, too, the Yankees have needed another reliever to do something a little bit more. And Licky has answered the call there. And of course, you got Chad Green, lewiska has been good, Chapman's been good. So they're doing their jobs. Unlike the hitting. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Once again, we're back to good God, Yankees hitting. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <sighs> All right. I don't like them. No. Well, let me tell you what I do like. It's an ad break. Woo! So we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
And we're back. So do you have anything else you want to talk about? Or should we go right into our meet a baby bomber segment? Uh, I think we can go meet a baby bomber. Okay, cool. Who you got? So this week I have Jensen Junk. Oh, good. Um, the junk baller. The junk baller. Yeah, yeah. So Jensen Junk is a starting pitcher for the Somerset Patriots. Through four starts so far this year, he has a ERA of 0. .60, a whip of 0. .93 in over 15 innings, and 22 strikeouts. Mm. He's uh, quite the opposite of Junk the, uh, this season. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have you know. <laughs> um, Junk was uh, drafted in the 22nd round of the 2017 draft from Seattle University. And a little fun fact about him is I hate his last name because... When I was younger and we had non-smartphones, T9 would always autocorrect my first name, Kunj, to junk. And it's just wow. a personal thing for me. So now, as much as I, you know, he's performing well, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why he's the made, meet a baby bomber. Because <laughs> ultimately, you don't like him. <laughs> meet a baby bomber. And forget about him because he's yeah. rude. <laughs> this guy's a jerk, not because of he's a- anything he's done. <laughs> He's done nothing. He's never he's never bullied me and called me junk. But no, it's obviously quite a an impressive start for him this season. And I recommend people to kind of go back to Pinstripe Alley. Dan Kelly had a chance to speak with him. So that was a pretty cool conversation that they had. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to see what he keeps doing because that's pretty impressive so far. Yeah, I hear that keeping your ERA and FIP and WHIP all under one is good. <laughs> Analysis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been a pretty nice step forward for him. You know, in 2019, he mostly pitched with Tampa and did not really pitch all that well. I just should say he pitched with the Yankees Tampa affiliate, not the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't doing that well in A-ball. And, you know, he made his few spot starts in Trenton and Scranton that did not go that well. 2020, obviously all off. And he's come back with a determination with the Patriots in 2021. So with the Yankees really searching for starting pitching options, if you know he keeps this up, he'll get a promotion to Scranton not too long. They know that there's an opening in the rotation because uh, Mike Montgomery, who the Yankees had signed as a minor league free agent, uh, just went over to the KBO to go pitch with the Samsung Lions. So I don't know if that means the Yankees will immediately put him in the AAA rotation since he's only made the four AA starts. But before long, if he keeps this up, they, he should at least get some consideration. Can he pitch in the majors? <laughs> they do need a fifth starter. <laughs> TBD. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they need they need some junk in the trunk of the rotation. Although I will say, if he does ever make it promoted and you know get a shot with the Yankees, I will be upset. This might be the only time I'll be upset that there's no last names on the jerseys because I would not see a Yankees jersey with just junk written on it. <laughs> like uh, the Andre Scrub on the Astros. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was also a good one. <laughs> And that will be the one and only time I'll be upset about it. Otherwise, I'm okay with the names not being on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good pick. So, cool. Who do you have for us? So, this week, I'm diving into Nick Green, who is a starting pitcher for the Rail Riders in AAA. And not to be confused with the Yankees legend, Nick Green, who had a 75 OPS plus as a backup infielder in 2006. (laughs) Oh, is that that guy? Yeah, I know, I know you're always thinking about him, but I always. weirdly see a lot of him because he works in the Braves TV studio. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, it's very oh, so you odd. Do see, you actually do think about him a lot? Yeah, it's, yeah, I was like, oh, Nick Green, Nick Green. Okay. Nick Green. Of course, right. I remember him from 2006. I really don't. Yes. I just remember him existing. That's it. 
as that's more than most people can say so yeah. anyway back to the the relevant nick green so green was originally drafted by the yankees out of F- fountain fort carson high school in colorado in the 35th round in 2013 but he didn't sign he actually was an outfielder slash pitcher at the time and he decided that he wanted to go to college to build up his draft stock a little bit so he went to indian hills community college in centerville iowa and he Pitched pretty well there. He had a no-hitter, and the Texas Rangers drafted him in the seventh round of 2014. After a couple years in the Texas system, he came to the Yankees actually in the 2016 Carlos Beltran trade deadline deal, along with the departed Dylan Tate and Eric Swanson, who are both long gone from the organization as well. So he's the only guy still around from that deal. Who can forget the Carlos Beltran Rangers deal? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that one was really lost in the. He went to the Rangers. That one was lost sort of in the mix of the Andrew Miller and Rollis Chapman trades because those obviously brought back much bigger prospects. But it was like, well, we're going to get rid of Beltron too because we don't really need him for what we're doing. (laughs) Right, right, right. That was a thing that happened. Yep. Anyway, so Nick Green had a 3.32 ERA and 23 starts between Trenton and Tampa in 2018. And he was actually taken in the Rule 5 that winter by the Diamondbacks. The problem is that while he has some good velocity and a big looping curveball that really looks sharp at times, he was pretty wild for the Diamondbacks that spring. And they decided, eh, we don't really know if you're major league material. So they returned him to the Yankees. <laughs> His struggle sort of continued in 2019, but he was bumped up to 2021 strand anyway. He's had a 4.97 ERA in four starts with a 9.9 walk per nine. <laughs> Holy so, shit. Yeah, he's he's walked 14 batters in 12 and two-thirds innings. So uh, work on that. Yeah, so I guess what you're saying is that he's not ready for the majors because he's still pretty green. Yes. I'm fired, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're Sorry, not Sorry, it's just not easy being green. Yes. No, he, he's he got to talk to Chad about that. Chad needs to give him some, like, advice of how it can be easy being green yes. once you've conquered for, yourself or i don't know for chad it is easy being green yeah this sounds like a terrible ted talk <laughs> so yeah nick green maybe a pitching option if you can ever figure out some damn control otherwise hmm, who knows <laughs> he's, he's a human being who can throw a ball there's value in that yes 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 this yes. is this is true <laughs> maybe he'll randomly emerge on like the royals in a year or two I could very much see that happening. Just some random team. And then it's like, oh, hey, we forgot you existed. Yeah, he figured it out, you know. <laughs> well, it's like, actually, I, I discovered, because I was looking up about the Beltron trade, that other pitcher that was in it, Eric Swanson, he's actually been really good out of the Mariners' bullpen this year. Who knew? Oh, good for him. Yes, apparently. Congratulations. Happy for <laughs> you. Apparently, That'll he also be- went on the IL with a growing strain two days ago. <laughs> Yeah, well, oh well. <laughs> he had a good run. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on to the Yankee and Mitre of the week. So, not a lot of contenders, but Kunj, who is your Yankee of the week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is there anybody? I mean, I guess Garrett Cole is still cool. You know what? I'll give it to Aaron Judge because he was just voted the Montefiore doing more player of the week. For his 333 batting average, one home run, four RBI, and uh, 1050 OPS. Again, not a bad week by any means. It's obviously been a good week, and he's one of the only two people on this team that, and Garrett Cole being the other that I can say is actually doing something right now, <laughs> confidently. But yeah. Yeah, it's slim pickings. 
Judge is a good pick again because he's one of the few bats that's consistently been doing stuff pretty much the entire season. Uh, I think there was like a week stretch where he had not hit, but other than that, and then he's I been, pissed him off. <laughs> yeah, when you pissed him off, exactly. He's been looking good, and, and you know, for all the people that are complaining, any time that he's not in the lineup, he's played in like fifty or fifty-three games, I think, something like that. So. He's getting his time yeah. in. He's doing as much as he can to keep the light of a flow. So kudos to you, Mr. Judge. John recently did an article about which players made the best case for all-star consideration. And other than Cole and Chapman and the pitching side, Judge is pretty much the only position player who's even worth noting. So maybe he'll be there. And maybe yeah, he will break. <laughs> when they first started uh, batting Stanton in the, in the two-hole and you know he kind of had his monster run there, it was fun to have those conversations about him. But you know, that's really still coming down to either JD or Otani. Personally, I hope it's Otani, not just because of uh, Red Sox reasons, but because Otani's just fun. Otani <laughs> rules. <laughs> I want him to start the game and uh, hit, but I don't think that'll happen. And that's okay, because if he doesn't, he's not starting, I'm pretty sure like Garrett Cole's in the running to start the game. But yeah, pretty much. But it'll still be fun anyway. <laughs> and it's like the All-Star game, so who gives a shit? Have fun. Exactly. But yeah, no, no other position player I feel like is even worth a, having a conversation about right now. Well, maybe that'll change. Actually, here's my Yankee of the week, Gary Sanchez, because he's okay. he's also one of the only people who's been hitting in the past right. week. And I did my search of like basically the last seven days for so my week of stats might be different than whatever Yes was pulling for their Montefiore Player of the Week or whatever. But um, <laughs> in the last in the last seven days, Gary's hit 357, 471, 571. So the dude is trying. He's putting more of a case out there to get more time than Kyle Higashioka. And that's all you can really ask for right now. Gary's doing his part. No one else other than like Judge, maybe a hit, random hit there, here or there by Enduhar. And that's about it. Yeah, I mean, Enduhar hit a home run yesterday. That's cool, I guess. Uh, no, no, it's, it's obviously great. I mean, we knew like once uh, Higashioka started getting more playing time, like, you know, he was going to be overexposed. And we were like, I didn't expect to never be talking about uh, catcher playing time again. So it just makes sense that we're at that point again, where it's like, does Kyle Higashioka really need more playing time? Can he just catch Cole? Because, yeah. you know, at that point, because like people talk about how Higashioka is like miles away better defensively than Gary. I don't really buy buy that it's that drastic of a difference um, as far as like, you know, the pitch framing or whatever is concerned. I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah, he is better, but I don't think it's like that much of a difference. And, you know, Gary at least offensively can has the potential to do something, whereas Kyle Higashioka was like a fun week and that's about it yep. <laughs> i do feel bad for shitting on gary on my in my post and like talking about how his slash line shouldn't be league average because it's not great but you know it, it's just indicative of the sport and you know no, the facts are the point, facts like, <laughs> yeah this last week he's had an actually good stat line not just like oh this is league average because the league just is bad he's actually been very good yeah so ideally gary just keeps it going and maybe we'll have some positive news to talk about the next couple weeks with him all-star starting catcher gary sanchez heard it here first that would be hilarious (laughs) i feel like he would need to do like one of those 2016 runs again and that would be just so delightful to see alas i feel like between now and the all-star game even if he just never recorded an out and got a hit in every single plate appearance or just got on base maybe a hit or a walk whatever if he got on base in every single plate appearance between now and the all-star game there'd still be people mad if he started the all-star game oh i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) <laughs> all right who you got for me today of the week how can you pick everyone else <laughs> yeah everyone else 
I will, you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. it's Marcus Timms. I can't pinpoint any one particular player. I get, I don't know that it's fair to just put all the blame on him, but at the end of the day, he's the hitting coach. It's where he's where it all comes back down to. And the hitting is the problem for this team. So whether he needs to work on them and work on their adjustments or, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to just put the blame on him for right now because collectively it's just bad outside of you know we talked about judge and sanchez having a good week and whatever it's not great so yeah it's it's him (laughs) yeah and i think that's entirely fair especially fitting with the theme of this episode so yeah (laughs) it um, makes sense earn demetria of the week just so the players don't get entirely off the hook, I'm going to split mine between uh, Gio Urshela and Gleyber Torres since they had both been hitting well in the previous week, and then they've both been they've both hit a wall and been worse than any other hitter in the lineup over the last seven days. Gio's hit 105, 150, 158, and Glaber's only it's a smidge better at 125, 222, 125. Of course, no power whatsoever. <laughs> no, none. Gleyber Torres' power is gone. I miss Glaber Diggers. It's just like, I don't know, boring or what's the right word or just mean to keep giving it to like the Clint Frazier's of the world who just haven't done anything at all. I almost gave it to um, Clint Frazier again, actually. So just like, which would have been fair too. Like, I'm not even saying it's like the wrong call, but I think you went the right way with giving it to Glaber and uh, Gio because they had been hitting. Glaber obviously had his hot streak too. Gio, he didn't necessarily have like a monster week or anything like that. He'd just been consistently present when he was in the lineup. So it was, it was just odd to see, but yeah, I think, I think, I think it was a right call. I I was actually myself before I chose on Tim's just overall, I was looking at Rochelle to give it to myself. So yeah. And uh, I feel like we do need to give a dishonorable mention to uh, Giancarlo Stan for his return and just over 12 with like eight strikeouts, something like that. It's not good, but I do wonder if the Yankees just decided the Tiger series can be the rehab assignment and that didn't work well. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I wonder if they just like wanted to give him a rehab assignment, but then also like people are dying and like the offense is bad. So maybe let's just bring Stanton back up and let him rehab against the Tigers. It didn't work out well. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Oopsies. But yeah, hopefully he can kind of get locked in again and go on one of his other one of his monster stretches again. Because man, do I miss watching him hit baseballs? Yes, I'm just watching the Yankees hit baseballs. Period. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. okay. I think we're we're running long today, so we should uh, probably cut it close. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we don't want to talk about the Yankees anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm over it. Over it. All right. Well, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Pinstripe Alley. I'm at Mern's PSA. Where are you this week? I'm not on Twitter, but you can you can reach me at 1 East 161st Street, Bronx, New York, 10451, courtesy uh, care of Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> find me there, because apparently I couldn't find his Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I feel like Marcus Sims is smart enough to just not deal with it. So send it to his I mean, business yeah, he, address. It's almost why you're like, you know what? Maybe I'll take away your metry of the week, but no, I won't. <laughs> Uh, oh boy okay well that'll do it for us maybe the yankees will not play like crap against the rays and red sox this week we can dream we can hope but they probably will (laughs) bye everyone see ya